Welcome to this special episode of More Score. We're so excited to welcome back uh, a guest we had in season two of Score the Podcast, Dave Porter, who's coming off. Man, what a finale. Better Call Saul. Uh, he did Breaking Bad, El Camino, The Blacklist. Um, but we want to go right into Better Call Saul. First off, Dave, how are you feeling, man? This must be like a like graduation day or something, um, wrapping up everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh- I'm enormously relieved. Uh, there's been, you know, it's been a lot of pressure for sure. This final season in particular for all of us involved in the show. And it's good to just have it out there. You know, it's like this, this bird we've had in a cage here for a while. And now it's finally free and it's out there for everybody to ingest and do what they will with. But it's finally out of our hands. And, uh, and what will be will be. Uh, but, uh, it, it's, uh, is a lot. I don't know. I won't lie. I haven't really wrapped my head around it. Um, it's, it's too quick. Um, I don't know that if I ever will at the moment, I feel like, um, I don't know if you grew up on the East coast, you have those little cicadas or whatever they are who like leave the shell of Mm -hmm. their, their body behind on the ground when they would do molt or whatever they do. I feel like I have not much left in me at the moment. I'm like that shell, you know. I've uh, I've given all there is to give, and uh, now I'm I'm in a, a phase of trying to recharge it all back up. Well, there's an interesting thing about the end of a series like this. And first off, you have now scored my number one and number two favorite. TV shows that have ever been made. It's true for a lot of people. So that like, that is a very cool thing that this is, you know, an artistic statement that's been made by a lot of people, but that you've been along for this whole ride and like, and, and shaped, you know, a big part of something that, you know, is historic, you know, to (laughs) granted it's television, you know, but it, it is like the greatest television that's ever been made. Um, (laughs) And, and it is very cinematic in a way I've never seen, I mean, few shows can can do that. And the 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 question that I had was, you know, going into what we know is going to be the final season. There's almost a there's a tension among people who are fans of the show. And I felt this a little bit during Breaking Bad, too, which is don't let us down now. You know, like we've enjoyed this so much. And and so the writers feel that, you know, I'm sure that Vince and Peter feels that. Um, you know, we, we went through kind of like this interesting parallel with game of Thrones at one point where a lot of people were not very happy with how that ended up. And, you know, no one wants to like replicate that kind of response that that has, but what's the pressure like going into a final season like this? And you've been along for this whole ride and probably experienced that in the final season of breaking bad. So what is that? Yeah, (laughs) it's a lot. Yeah, again, exactly. Yeah, I know there, there were definitely some parallels there. Um, and, and coming into this final season and, and thinking about that, obviously, you know, uh, the weight of that uh, on folks like Peter and Vince has got to be, you know, tenfold anything that it, it is to me. But I feel it and I'm around it. You know, I mean, we're all working together very closely. And so it's impossible to ignore it, it, it's there. It is what it is. And I think you just have to kind of remember that you're blessed even to be in the position <laughs> that that many people care. 
You know, and of course, uh, everybody wants to stick the landing, and there's lots of uh, uh, nerves and second guessing, I'm sure, that goes on, and there certainly was for me. Um, I just, I think going into this final season, I was mostly wondering what role I would play and how large of a role I would play um, in. Better Call Saul's, particularly seasons three and four and beginning of five, um, we were pretty light on score, mm. you know, by design. And it was the right thing to do for the show at the time. Uh, and uh, and it's, it is a quieter show, no doubt, than Breaking Bad, obviously. I mean, the stakes are different. The personalities are different. The story is much more intimate and smaller uh, and, and more personal in that way. Uh, so yeah, I was mostly curious, uh, but then very quickly realized that, um, not unlike the last season of Breaking Bad, um, that score was going to get leaned on in a much bigger way than it had previously. Uh, and, uh, and was excited about that for sure. Um, and then of course, you know, all the curveballs along the way in this final season, threw up a lot of new challenges and, you know, in a show that's never been short on being uh, challenging for me as a composer, this was definitely had some new uh, high bars to reach for this last season. And I'm thankful for that in a way because, because I was so wrapped up in each episode as they came flying at me uh, that I had less time to think or worry about <laughs> the bigger picture of it being the end. That's actually an interesting question about the workflow of this. What what are you working with time-wise and episode-wise and how familiar are you with, I mean, all of this stuff? I mean, I know the benefit of a show like this is everyone is kind of a family and has grown together and they understand, you know, they protect this. They understand the story is what this is all about. Um, and so that's all protected. But I'm also sure that when it comes to scripts, this is, you know. I mean, maybe it's not Marvel level, but it's got to be pretty high up there in terms of like none of this is going to be shared unless it absolutely needs to. So were you aware of in broad strokes of what this season would be early on? Um, did you learn it as you read scripts? Did you learn it as you watched the episodes, the first cuts? How did that unfold? Uh, I stayed out away from it uh, for for. For two reasons, I did not. Re I could have read the scripts. I could have seen early cuts of things if I wanted to. Uh, but for the reasons you're describing, a, I didn't want to put myself in that. It was hard enough keeping the secrets for as long as I had to. Never mind if I had read the script year, two years ago or whenever it was, because with COVID and all the interruptions, it was a long time ago when, when those, even when a lot of this was shot. Uh, but also, it's been my preference on these shows in particular to uh, to wait because I'm a fan of them too, and I love the, that I'm last in the in the chain, uh, and I get to sit down when the when these episodes arrive in my studio and they're essentially done, with the exception of sound work and music. Uh, so the first time I watch them, I'm watching them like anybody else, like a fan, and uh, and I I do that quite on purpose because I want to have that same visceral reaction, right, when something shocking happens uh, and not know it's coming uh, so that I can know how the audience is going to be primed for something like that. And I can know, I think, a little better musically what uh, might help or enhance those moments. Uh, so that's been my thinking about it. And the other reason, honestly, 
is that I've also found when I read scripts or see early versions of things, sometimes I get thrown because a lot changes along the way uh, from yeah. script to the end and, and usually for the better. Uh, and so many of those creative choices that get made from the script, but then how they're acted, how they're shot, how uh, it's edited for sure, all are in crucial creative decisions that get made that have a huge impact on what the score is going to do. I saw an interview with um, Peter Gold that was just in the last couple weeks, and he mentioned that the the very the end of the series was cut completely different a number of times. Uh, one being Saul alone in his cell. Uh, spoiler alert: anyone who hasn't seen this yet, um, but he he's by himself. They <laughs> got rid of the, first, yeah. the 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 moment with him and Kim. Are you in a? Maybe not in like earlier episodes when it's, you know, cutting room and you you would get the final cut. But in something like this where there's so much weight put on the finale, are you scoring all of these different versions of the finale and then they pick which one they like best? Or where do you come into the role on that? Yeah, that's that's a great question and a good exception to what I was just talking about. And something like that where a situation like that where we knew uh, and I think Peter knew that whatever musical choice we made or didn't make right for the ending of the series might have an effect on which choice he made in terms of how to end it. Uh, I think it was up to us and by us, I mean myself writing original score and Thomas Golovich doing our source music uh, to throw him a lot of options uh, so that he could see what all these different potential endings in this case uh, would look like completed because it's hard to make those decisions, obviously, without knowing their full impact of how they would be. Uh, So, yes, to answer your question, I did not score every possible iteration of how it might have ended, but in broad strokes, kind of the the different larger possibilities. Um, And uh, and in fact, you'll you'll note uh, by design, the piece that we did end up using for the end, which of course is a, the first piece I ever wrote for the show, when we're introduced to Jimmy and Kim, the way I structured it, how we used it in the finale, um, has this big breath after the moment where they're together uh, talking and smoking before it cuts wide. Uh, and that was because we, we did consider at one point ending it right there. And I wanted the music to be able to to uh, easily adapt to that possibility if it was the case. Uh, but I'm so glad we kept going because the end is is a, is a wondrous thing. Uh, you mentioned in this final season there were a number of um, creative challenges. The pressure of that, obviously, I, I think probably makes that more intense to work on. Um, but what are, what are some of those things that stand out to you? And I mean – I also want to kind of zoom out big picture because this has, you know, been a, a, a large chunk of your last, what, decade and a half, something like that. Yes. Uh, so what, 13 yeah. seasons, 15 years, 14, so it's been about 15 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So this is a big and, and I'm curious now kind of, you know, looking back, which I'm sure is a weird way to 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 say that since you've been working on this for so long right um what are some of those like bumps in the road along the way that you had to figure out and you know kind mm-hmm. of 
problem solve and, you know, where are those spots that you thought, oh, man, I don't know if that's going to work or I don't know if they're going to like this or, sure. you know, how is this going to work? Because obviously you've you've now completed this journey in this kind of artistic, you know, this yeah. great show, yeah. this great product. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, I think on any project that you start as a composer, it's the beginning is by far the hardest. Uh, and, and I always say not so much the first episode because – First episodes by design are, are so unique because they have so much to do and, and so much to accomplish. But second episodes uh, often are very telltale to me in uh, establishing the tone of a series. Uh, and that was certainly true in Breaking Bad. Um, you know, we, we went through a lot of options to get to the right feel for the show early on and writing that theme, which we did very early, the, the you know, the main title theme very early, which was designed to be <clears throat> evocative of where Walter White was gonna end up as opposed to where he was at the beginning. Um, and then again, for me, and I, we may have talked about this a little last time we spoke, but the beginning of Better Call Saul was really challenging for me uh, because they were very adamant, Peter and Vince, and rightly so, that we start fresh. But it, we were just coming off something enormously successful. Uh, and I'm working with most of the same folks. And this is some of the same characters. So it was very hard to wrap my head around, you know, really, really leaving it all behind. You know, they were like, I kept trying to leave, I'm gonna leave a little of this here and there. No, no. Had to be totally new. And <laughs> the importance of that, I think, and the genius of that, I didn't understand until later. You know, seasons three, four of Better Call Saul when more and more of the Breaking Bad universe folks started arriving and I had this opportunity to bring some of that music back and we were getting closer to the Breaking Bad timeline, it suddenly was fresh again. It was very different from what we'd been doing in the first few seasons for Jimmy, which was very breezy and light and in some ways naively innocent, right? And in, in the way that he was when he was younger and, and a version of him that we certainly never saw on Breaking Bad. Yeah. So that was big. And then this this final season had a totally unexpected, similar moment in episode 10, where we made the leap to uh, essentially a new show. It was like a pilot to a new show when we moved full-time post Breaking Bad to Omaha. And it was a world we knew nothing about. We the had nippy episode. The nippy episode, exactly. And we 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 had only had a few little glimpses of it, right, at the teasers at the beginning of the previous seasons. So we had not had a lot established about it other than it was black and white and, and the character of the cab driver. So uh, thankfully, <laughs> we had this break in the the way it aired on AMC. And we had these weeks in between because otherwise we just wouldn't have gotten there. We were really scrambling and working so hard. I know I was um, to to really make a whole new show in episode six ten, uh, and uh, it took a long time, much longer than you know a, a normal episode. But again, because it was really like starting fresh. But then once you get that figured out, then the ships are in place, and then moving into episode eleven and twelve, and I'm using that template but now reintroducing some of the things that that we know about him as he can't get out of his own way right and he and he's becoming more of those terrible 
Jimmy slash Saul tendencies are going to box him in, I can bring those pieces back. And again, they feel fresh again. It's like a little microcosm of the whole thing. And, and those sounds are real fresh again. And then in 11, we have the teaser where we have, you know, this one scene with Walter and Jesse that is literally from Breaking Bad. And I, and I get to drop everything and go back, literally digging up sessions in my computer from 10, 12 years ago to find <laughs> sounds and, and plugins and things and that I recorded that I knew were from that era because I really wanted to be absolutely genuine to that moment. Uh, and that all vocabulary. The, were, were, were challenges that, you know, came up fast as we were working on, on, on the last few episodes in particular. Was the you mentioned the cab driver? Um, that was something that I, I remember mentioning to several people before, before this final season even started. And that was a that little prologue in whatever episode it was. I'm sure you know where we first see the cab driver. Yep. I remember that standing out and just being like, "There's no dialogue here, at least none that's meaningful." But I don't think there's any at all, and mm. it's all just pictures. Yep. And it's like this great moment of I don't know if it's Spielbergian or what it is. It's yeah. it's it's you know classic Vince maybe in a lot of ways. Um, and what this show has done so well, which is it will give you you know two minutes or however long that sequence is of just like pure visual like this beautiful tension. Yep. And your music gets to accompany a lot of that too. Uh, um, so when you're spotting moments like that, first off. Did you know that that moment would be something that would then pan out into parts of what the final season would be? Did you have any idea that that was going to be progressing? It clear, I clearly knew it meant something, but to the extent of that it would be, uh, I certainly never imagined the the importance that it really did have. Um, and I'm not sure the writers did either. You know, I mean, I think that that's some of the part of the beauty of how they work. Um, you know, they set themselves up for these things and then they have to figure them out. Uh, and it's the process of figuring them out through the lens of their characters and understanding why they make the choices that they make that makes it makes it so interesting. Uh, for me, yeah, all I knew is that those scenes were different and, and I wanted them to sound a little different. Uh, so I latched on to uh, you know, uh, a, a solo bass clarinet that I used kind of very haunting. I knew this was post, right, Breaking Bad. I knew he was on the run. I knew he was probably isolated, alone, probably not that happy, right? Uh, and uh, so those, that was really all I had to work with. Uh, but then when it came time uh, it, to come to episode 10, I was so thankful for that because now I had this concept of a low woodwind, and I ran with that, and I made a little ensemble of uh, bass clarinet, clarinet, bass flute, and alto flute. Uh, and that's the core of, of the, the, the black and white Gene Takovich Omaha Gene. sections of, of the score. And that's, it, it's all builds off of that. It's amazing. It's so crazy that the, the foresight I, I was, Matt and I were talking about that. Did, did they know I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they did where they were going to go with this, but like the bravery to start a series at a place where it's going to end seven years later is just insane to me. I actually went back and watched the pilot just to, because I remember it starting that way and I'm like, Gene, Cinnabon, I don't know what's going on here. And and then it just disappeared <laughs> right. for like ever. Um, 
but it's just yeah. so genius. Yeah. But I, I'm wondering, you, you talked about, you know, this being a creative adjustment that was really tough for you because it's a new world, but then we do slowly start pivoting into Breaking Bad with the introduction of characters with, um, you know, they're, they're kind of twisting in and now you're, you're starting to get a little more gritty there. It's getting a little more violent. All of these things are happening. Is there like a moment that sticks to you where it's like, we've now reached breaking bad. Like what was the moment in the series for you on that? And then when did you, do you continue pulling and, and sort of evolving more into breaking bad as it, as it goes on? You know, interestingly, I really d- didn't feel like musically we were in a Breaking Bad world ever, except for that one scene I just mentioned, where where it literally was that scene in mm-hmm. the RV with Walt and Jesse that was truly lifted. I mean, it was a moment that we just didn't see, right, in Breaking Bad. You know, the all the cartel stuff, uh, at, at, which I loved working on in Better Call Saul was certainly had elements, of course, of where I ultimately ended up in Breaking Bad with many of those same characters. But it was also unique. You know, it had it had, uh, you know, huge importance in the figure of Nacho, at least up until <laughs> there is no more Nacho. Uh, and he's he's unique to to, to Saul uh, and and there was so much uh, so much that we learned about the other characters that I think of from Breaking Bad. Mike, I'm thinking about here, and and even Gus. I mean, we saw a vulnerable Gus in Better Call Saul. Yeah, which, you know, would never have appeared right in, in Breaking Bad. So you know, while I certainly was upping the grit, as you call it, for sure, and the drive and the and the tension, I wasn't. I was, and, and that was all purposeful, and to be in 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 that same kind of power, right, and and scale and scope of Breaking Bad. But I wasn't making a, a concerted effort to sound like Breaking Bad specifically, uh, because I really felt like the, these characters deserve their own uh, show here, and that, and that, of course, is totally separate from the Jimmy and Kim stuff which, uh, you know, uh, has evolved yeah. through the course of the thing. And they're, they're very much their own story and their own show. Yeah. Now, speaking working of that, with um, go ahead, the, go ahead, the directors and showrunners, um, sorry, Kenny, we have a slight delay here. Um, working with the showrunners and, and directors on these episodes, what are, you know, we've heard from a lot of, you know, uh, film composers about the experience of kind of presenting your first drafts of things and like some of the notes process and all, and it's all, it's different based on whoever the, the filmmakers are, but this is such an interesting relationship that you have um, because of you working start to finish on, you know, these, these two incredible artistic achievements. Um, What is the kind of musical dynamic like between you and, you know, the, the director, obviously, but, but the showrunners as well. Yeah. As you guys know, you know, directors come and go so fast in, in TV that I don't often work with them. Although in our case, so many of our producers and writers are also directors. So it gets, uh, it gets, uh, gets all tangled yeah, up. All kind of that, yeah. yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, m- my, 
the way it's worked always since Breaking Bad with Vince is for me, I'm eager to learn absolutely as much as I can before I write a single note. Uh, and that comes down to our incredibly lengthy and exhausting spotting sessions, which I'm sure we discussed last time. And, uh, and, and me just really, really asking lots of questions so that when I sit down, I'm already have a sense of, 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 of where, where I need to be and, and what I need to do. doesn't mean I always successfully get there on the first try. Um, but typically, um, it's been pretty rare, especially as these shows went along and the, we, our tone has been developed and our ideas have been developed. Um, it's, it's pretty rare that I'm totally rewriting something. Um, a lot of our discussions then come down to, okay, and, and because we don't use temp music, right, by the way, that sometimes this is, I mean, all the time, this is the first time our team is hearing a lot of these scenes with music. Uh, and sometimes just that engages a whole new conversation, right? Like, wow, I never imagined this scene having music, or I never imagined what music would do in this moment. And now knowing that, hey, let's try this or this or that, um, there's there's definitely some of that. A lot of talk about um, where things start and end, right? Which is so crucial, uh, and particularly in a show that doesn't have a lot of music, Um your audience is going to notice it when it appears and just the difference in a, a few frames can make a huge difference in how uh, it's received or how it's implied what the music is doing. So those are a lot of kind of questions that we talk about. There've been exceptions, obviously, you know, in the beginning all these big change moments like episode 610. Um, I, I presented all kinds of different options there, uh, including a big orchestra option. Uh, and, and just because really, we, yeah, because we really wanted to see what it all did. Um, and, uh, while I love the big orchestra option, it was too big for the show. It just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And particularly because we, we were so ingrained in trying to make him, uh, both, both, uh, Gene, as he's called then, and, Kim be very isolated, right? And, and, and on their own, uh, it needed to be smaller and more intimate. And that's why we ended up with the, the smaller woodwind ensemble ultimately. And working with somebody as long as you have like, uh, Vince, um, and, and a lot of, probably a lot of the, the entire team that is kind of stuck sure. together. And I know some people have gone and done their own things as they always do, but it's really kind of remarkable how many people have really wanted to, you know, kind of stay on this ride um for this this whole journey um and i think it like there's there's it, the proof is in the pudding like this is a really remarkable series i think as a result of that but um when you're speaking with vince or maybe maybe when you're not speaking with vince given that you've had so many of these spotting sessions and and have reviewed the little the little details with him i'm always curious anytime you work with someone a lot you start to even on your own and you're you know, coming up with whatever musical ideas you may have, you'll hear their voice in your head saying something. Oh, we ought to do like, you know, that the first thing <laughs> that they're going to say is, oh, well, this whatever that is, you know, the way yeah. that they see their artistic sure. vision. And I'm curious sure. what it is that you were hearing in your head from uh, Vince. Uh, he had a, a few f famous sayings that he used to talk about. Um, 
One of them, which is one of my favorites, is uh, and I don't I forget where he got this from. Somebody, some other director, I think. But uh, don't rob me of any riches. He would always tell me. And mm. and and by that he means uh, don't don't be shy to reach further than you think, uh, and, and and don't uh, be afraid to show me multiple options of the same idea, uh, and and don't no matter what I said, feel free to ignore it. If for some reason you feel the impetus to do something different, uh, and and that kind of openness that he's always had with all of us uh, from the very beginning, and the culture that he created created for the creatives on the show, um, you know that feeling that you can always throw anything out there, you can always try anything, uh, and no one's going to look at you sideways for it. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, everything gets considered and ultimately, uh, Vince and, and, and Peter in later years were the firm hand that ultimately had to make the hard decisions. Uh, and thankfully it wasn't me, <laughs> but, uh, but, but to get there, you know, we all had it, we all had a lot of input and, 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 and very thorough discussion. Do you think there will be any more to the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul universe at this point? I honestly don't. I really don't. I think that, um, I think, and I, you know, I, you, this is obviously not a question for me <laughs> because I'm not the arbiter. Sure. And, yeah. And if, and if someone decided to, I, I would, I would be, I would be happy to come back if they wanted me. Um, but I, I think they surprised themselves with how interesting Better Call Saul was when in, in season one and how fun it was and fresh it was for them. Uh, and I just feel like um, the combination of, you know, feeling so good about lightning having struck as many times as it did. Um, and I think also, and Vincent, he said this, um, I, I think all of us are ready for something new, you know, I think that uh, we we have wrung these sponges uh, pretty dry. Not to say that there isn't more; there could always be more. Uh, but but I th I think uh, creatively speaking, um, we're all looking for for uh, a new avenue to start on. I definitely feel satisfied. Um, so. I I mean, I'm sure a lot of people feel like I do. Like, I don't feel like there's something missing now. El Camino, I was like, I don't know. I don't know where that took me, but I feel like Better Call Saul, the way they were able to, it wrapped Better Call Saul, but it also like double wrapped Breaking Bad for me. And it answered all the other lingering yeah. questions. So I I thought it they did a terrific job, um, all of you guys. Um, I did want to ask you about Jimmy and Kim's relationship because it's not a normal TV relationship when you're talking about like, you know, they're married, they're in love. They weren't really affectionate or romantic. Um, as someone who's doing the music, like music plays a lot in like love and that, that kind of category of filmmaking. And I'm wondering what your conversations were like to score Jimmy and Kim and make, make us, you know, manipulate us into feeling how Vince and Peter wanted them to feel to us. 
because it's it's weird. It's different. Sure. <laughs> but beautiful, right? Yeah. There, there's. I think. Yeah. I mean, in the 100%. best way. Yeah. 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 No. Absolutely. I'm. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And I. And I think they will go down as as you know a beloved couple in in TV history for sure. Even though, as you say, you know their their affection was shown in unusual ways. Um, I think. I mean, a it's, lot a, of, it's like a professional affection. Well, right. Yes. Uh, and they, and they're, they're, you could argue, I think that the core of their love and their connection is the grift, right? And so there, there is a professional connection yeah. they're both lawyers and they met on the job. So there, there, there's a lot to that. I think, um, in general, first of all, I would say a lot of the time we didn't use any music for them. And the reason for that was just quite simply that there was a, beautiful tension and awkwardness and and unusualness to watching them brush their teeth next to each other. Uh, and of course, <laughs> they played it so beautifully that you you knew they were in love, but you and it didn't need, as Vince would say, it didn't need the cherry on the top. It was it was very uh, it was very clear to begin with. And I think when we did use music for them, at least in in my case for the score, there was always a a little bit of an awkwardness to it, a little bit of a frailty to it, um, a little disjointed, right? A little uh, sweetness uh, that that is sort of I think comes from innocence uh, and a little naivete, probably. Uh, but uh, but ultimately has something beautiful in it. Uh, and that's what I was trying to uh, capture, I think, in that very first episode where we see them for the first time in the, in the parking lot. Uh, and, and I think it held so true still in the finale um, that it, it, that's why it, it feels so good there to, to come around full circle. Do you feel like, in your opinion, where where do they end up? Um, obviously, he's in jail or prison. Is she coming back to visit him? Like, where where do you think it stands? And I mean, you wrote a, a really beautiful piece for them that, again, wasn't a romantic piece, but it was emotional. It definitely hit me a little bit. Like, oh, this is it for them. But do you think she's coming right. back to visit? Like, where do you where do you see it? Just my opinion, uh, but. Uh... I think that's their last sighting of each other in the person. I, I really believe that. And I, I think, and I think they both know it. And I think that's part of what makes that ending just so heartbreaking. Dave, you have spent, um, we touched on this 15 years working on, uh, breaking bad and better call Saul, which again, I mean, I, I think you would be hard pressed to find anyone that doesn't at least rank those in the top five television series that have ever been made and in, in in my book they are one and two i don't even know what's number one i've thought for a while a couple seasons better call saul is is outpacing what breaking bad even was and i thought that was impossible at one point but um looking back at at how much of your life has been spent on this you know we talk to a lot of composers who are kind of looking for that you know that that big project that kind of puts them on the map and, and, you know, it's, sure. uh, 
it's difficult to find. You know, there are people that have made entire careers, you know, very famous people that write incredible music and and uh, and they never kind of find that thing that that, you know, they become iconic for in a sense in this way. You've kind of been on such a unique ride because these are incredible achievements and you've been on them start to finish. Um, And if you think about where you started this journey, how has your your life changed because of kind of, you know, how the trajectory changed because of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul? Yeah, you're absolutely right about all of that. And uh, and I feel very, believe me, blessed and, and fortunate for it. And the truth is, I just can't separate any part of it from any other part of my life. Because as in a, you know, ever since I moved to LA, I've been to L, been living in LA for 20 years, almost 20 years. And, uh, you know, I worked on one uh, short lasting TV show prior to Breaking Bad, but Breaking Bad was, you know, my first big opportunity for sure. Uh, and it's uh, encapsulated my whole life in one way or other since then, including, and not just professionally. I mean, most of my friends that I would spend time with socially are people I know from working on these shows. Um, most of the projects I've gone, I've done beyond uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad uh, are with people that I know or met or worked with right on one of these shows and so it's it's the it's the it's the roots of the tree of my whole life as an adult pretty much uh and uh and you know what gives me i think um some solace in a time where you know i am feeling um of course you know very melancholy about the end of it um is that while it's extraordinarily unlikely that all of us will be together again on any given project, I am going to work with a lot of these people again. Uh, and, and, uh, and, or at least I certainly hope so. <laughs> I want to be presumptive, but, but, uh, but, you know, and I, and I think there's going to be some wonderful opportunities uh, to, to circle back around with, with some of these folks and, and to continue to grow with them. And that's, that's what's been, and you mentioned this a little earlier, and I do really believe this, the strength of these shows has been in the continuity of the creatives involved and and that we have worked so well together uh, and that we have pushed each other to be better at our crafts, all of us, uh, every single time. And there's no motivator better. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, if you've heard and talked to many composers, you know there's a lot of producers and directors who love to scream and yell and berate people and and there's a lot of tough working environments out there i've i've experienced very little of that and i'm so blessed for that but i do believe that there is no motivator greater than having your peers wish you well and certainly not wanting to be the weakest link in a very strong chain of people uh and that's driven me to be a much, much better composer than when I started. Uh, and I don't get into the arguments about, you know, whether Breaking Bad is better than Better Call Saul. To me, they're apples and oranges. But the one thing I will say is that the craft of Better Call Saul is better because we've all been doing it longer. Yeah. 
and we've all been doing it together longer and the technology's gotten better and all of these things that are natural with the passage of time. Uh, and uh, it's been an, an, an incredible ride and I, I don't know that I'll ever really fully grasp all the ways uh, in which it's influenced my life, but it, without a question, uh, it's influenced every corner of it. It's amazing. Well said, man. Yeah. Um, just want to wrap up by saying big congratulations. Thank you for on behalf of me and probably a millions and millions of people for huh. a fun 15 year ride in, in this world. I, I had so much fun watching it and the music. I mean, everything down to the sound design. I'm thinking of in that final episode, there's a wide shot with an exit sign in the foreground and there's a buzzing oh, yeah. like little details like that that no other show does. I don't know who decided that, but it's yep. brilliant. Um, just really, really <laughs> loved everything that you guys done. And I'm really excited to see what else you jump into, Dave. Yeah, we're on board, oh, <laughs> as, as many others are, too. Uh, I, I, I can't talk about it yet, but I, I am signed up for something new. And it's going to be, on by design, it's going to be extremely different. Uh, and we will see. I may fall flat on my face. Uh, or, or I may uh, impress myself with things that I never knew I could do, but it felt like uh, this was the moment. Uh, especially now, you know, Vince and, and Peter are are decompressing and doing their things, and I hope they'll be back with new projects at some point. But it's going to be a while, and and so this was a moment for me to really branch out and work with some new people and try something new, and and I'm excited about it. Very cool. Cannot wait. Well, thanks for your time, Dave. I know you're a busy guy with... Uh, no worries. I'm so glad we got to connect today, and, and I appreciate you guys wanting to connect up. Same. Yeah. Congrats, Anytime. Man. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. All right. Have a great weekend, right. guys. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you.